subscribe to Truth Jihad Radio by way of the Substack button at truthjihad.com. The key thing is, don't be inhaling, don't be ingesting. Stay inside, don't drink or eat anything. These are important questions. I understand that. Highest moment the last eight years. Hmm. Highest moment the last eight years. Well, I think that the most important, the most compelling was uh, was 9-11 itself. Welcome to the special live edition of Truth Jihad Radio. I'm Kevin Barrett, waging the all-out struggle for truth on the Internet Airwaves since 2006, bringing on all sorts of interesting guests. And this is the time to bring on people to talk about 9-11. It's coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. That, of course, is the issue that got me involved in talk radio in the first place. In fact, it dragged me out of my uh, budding career as a scholar of Islam and Morocco and things like that into this uh, crazy cauldron of conspiracy theories that are taking over the world and threatening public health and our new the, the terrorists that have to be put down according to the latest dogma from official headquarters. Anyway, tonight we have a great show. Second hour, I'm going to talk to Roy McGinnis, who has a new book out called Unanswered Questions about the family members. Uh, shall we just understate it by calling it disappointment with the 9-11 Commission? And joining him will be Bob McIlvain, who lost his son Bobby, and Joe Krakenfels, who lost his nephew Leonard, both of those guys are uh, fire-breathing <laughs> heroes uh, out to get ju- truth and justice for their deceased loved ones. Well, here in the first hour, I'm bringing on a longtime regular guest who's one of the leading researchers and activists in the 9-11 Truth Movement. That's Barbara Honiger. She is well-known for her October Surprise book about the uh, treasonous deal to keep the hostages locked up and torpedo Jimmy Carter and get Reagan and Bush elected. And she's done a bunch of films on 9-11, including Behind the Smoke Curtain. She, uh, she's also done uh, the, uh, what else? The um, cover-up uh, behind the Iran-Contra affair and Zero, an investigation into 9-11. And uh, she has also organized a whole lot of the most interesting activist events, including the third beam in New York that illuminated Building 7, when the authorities were illuminating the Twin Towers. And uh, here she is tonight to talk about the activist efforts around the 20th anniversary. So, hey, welcome, Barbara Honiger. How are you? Hi, Kevin. Boy, we have a lot to talk about, don't we? Yeah, it, it never ends, does it? And and, and just before, you know, a couple hours, <laughs> a couple hours before airtime, we got word that uh, apparently Biden is having a classification or declassification review, uh, supposedly exactly what the family members asked him. So it's a good night to talk to you and talk to the, the family members. Um, although I don't think the family members I'm talking to are going to be quite satisfied <laughs> with, uh, with what Biden's doing. And I, I guess we, we can't, we can't yet talk about the issues around Richard Gage and architects and engineers for 9-11 truth. He's said to be stepping down, but the details, uh, are awaiting further review. So, just stay tuned to the show and you'll hear more later. So, hey, Barbara, where, where do we start? 
Oh, my God. Well, why don't we begin, if we could. Um, I do want to let everybody know about the truly historic and fantastic all-online live-streamed event by the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry, uh, which will be held online, uh, global live stream on September 11th from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m., eight hours straight, uh, East Coast time. And all you have to do is go to the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry website, and that's www.lc, that's Larry Charlie, lc4for911.org. And Kevin, I've given you a link to hopefully put up on, you know, the text and the website with the audio of the show. That will give people the direct link to go to donate, to get access, to get tickets. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit later here in the show. Because of the breaking news, I want to cover that first, today's breaking news. But let's cover the event a little bit later. But let's not forget it, because that was going to be my main reason for doing the show. And that's now all gone out the window because of Biden's announcement, the White House announcement. So, yeah, I would like to comment on that. So uh, shortly before the show, there was breaking news uh, online by the New York Times. I'm looking at that article right now. I sent it to you uh, about a half an hour, 45 minutes ago. And it says, Biden moves to declassify some, and I underline the word some, that's the critical word here, some documents related to September 11. Just came out breaking news by the New York Times. It was on NPR about 4 p.m., uh, breaking news, 4 p.m., East Coast time, 1 p.m. I heard it live on NPR today. And the comment I want to make about that, hopefully you can put the link to that. I'll send it to you if you don't have it already up on that same website because we're going to have commentary on this. Um, it's clear from this article and from Biden, the White House announcement, that there you can infer very strongly from the wording of the announcement and from the New York Times coverage and, of course, other mainstream media, Washington Post coverage, etc. I'm sure it's already out, having read that, just the New York Times. But you can infer strongly from the language of the announcement and the New York Times article about it that all Biden is doing is asking Attorney General Merrick Garland to publicly, to declassify and publicly release more documents, probably not even all, but more documents about the case by the 9-11 victims' family members against Saudi Arabia, which I think we agree, of course, speak for yourself and you do so brilliantly, but as far as I'm concerned, that is just the next layer in of the 9-11 Patsy onion. Because the Saudis clearly were part of the real perpetrator's conspiracy, the inside uh, perpetrator's conspiracy, um, just as they first blamed Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. Well, now the 9-11 victims' family members have been hoodwinked into thinking that they can close the case when they get all the documents about the Saudi government's alleged involvement with simply financing and helping with pilot training for only two. That whole case is about only two of the alleged 19 hijackers, both on, importantly, allegedly, the Pentagon plane, allegedly Flight 77. So, you know, these documents that are about to be released are not going to be important, in my opinion. And the order by President Biden to the Attorney General Merrick Garland 
says that he has six months to do the review. So, you know, this is simply the very minimum that the president of the United States, Biden, needed to do in order not to be booed if he showed up at any of the 9-11 anniversary events. Because the 9-11 victims' family members in this Saudi lawsuit, and there are thousands of them, made it clear in public statements to President Biden that if he didn't at least put out an order to uh, release more of the 9-11 related documents, of course, they want all of them released as we do, that he would not be welcome at any 9-11 anniversary event. So this is the minimum the guy had to do. And it's not going to be much. What about you, Kevin? What do you think? Well, I agree with you that it's it's basically a ruse. Um, at, at the very most, I guess, it, it would be a kind of a limited hangout. But I don't think we're even going yeah. to get that. Uh, you know, the thing is, it, it, ideally, if you could get the different uh, perpetrators to start ratting each other out, because I think that it was probably not a, sort of a seamless operation run by one person in charge. But I, I think probably there were some different groups. In, well, specifically, there was an American wing and an Israeli wing. And then they used uh, Saudis and Pakistanis as patsies. I think that if you could get those different groups sort of ratting each other out, like if, if they went really hard after the Saudis, then the Saudis might tell what yeah. they know. If they went hard enough after the, after the Pakistanis, maybe, of course, the Pakistanis or the, the Imran Khan is already saying that 9-11 was an inside job, <laughs> as are the Taliban. Absolutely. But, but the media doesn't cover yeah. it. Now, who is You're the right. media? The media is the Zionists. So ultimately, it seems to me that uh, Zionists, meaning people who are committed to the endless expansion of a so-called Jewish state in occupied Palestine are number one, the leading suspects in 9-11 and number two, leading suspects in misleading everyone onto all of these kind of red herring tracks, such as blaming the Saudis. Well, the United States is a Zionist occupied state. I mean, I think you and I agree with that. I mean, behind the scenes, it's a Zionist occupied state. It's effectively run by Israel. On anything that matters, of course, for Israeli foreign policy and domestic policy. The thing about the thing about Saudi Arabia, as I've said on your show before, all the Saudis have to do. I think this whole case is a ruse, and I'll tell you why. This whole case against, I think the 9/11 victims' family members are being uh, taken to the cleaners by their own attorneys. I'm going to tell you why in a moment, and by, of course, our government, um, because they're. They're only focusing on these two alleged hijackers uh, of the 19th to begin with. And all the Saudis have to do, their attorneys have to know this. The 9-11 victims, family members and survivors' attorneys have to know and do know that all the Saudis would have to do if it ever got into court was to bring in one, let alone six, or some reports say eight, of the Saudi so-called muscle men who the official story claims were died on the planes on 9-11, and right after 9-11, even some on the day of, said, just a minute, I'm alive. All they have to do is have their ultimate Perry Mason moment, bring him into the courtroom. It, this will never go to court. It will never go to a court trial. They're, the the 9-11 victims' family members are trying to uh, leverage, trying to basically uh, put a cock gun to the head of the Saudi government to get a whole bunch of billions of dollars. It's all about money. It's not about truth. And they're probably also, 
I'm playing geopolitics here, trying to keep pressuring the Saudis to stay within the U.S. orbit, to allow the U.S. to continue to dominate their military and to decide what they do with their oil. But they're selling more and more of their oil to China. And whatever you want to say about MBS, uh, Bin Shaitan, I call him, uh, he's, a, he's one of the world's top scumbags for sure. Some call him Mr. Bonesaw. He's a complete uh, d- disgrace to the religion of Islam. And having this guy in charge of the holy places yeah. is as bad as having the Zionists in charge of the other holy places. However, as all of that said, he seems to be uh, charting a slightly more independent course vis-a-vis the U.S. So it could be that they're trying to pressure to get him back in line, just like they did in, with, with 9-11 itself, which I think was designed to do a number of things. And one of them was to pressure Saudi Arabia and Pakistan and get them back in line um, you know, we, hey, we can blame you guys for 9-11 anytime we want and, and nuke you or bomb you back to the Stone Age, as uh, Bush told Musharraf. So that that's how they got the Saudis back in line. The Saudis were leaving the U.S. empire. Yeah, they, were, and, they were explicit. They were explicit to Musharraf that he yeah. could either have a, you know, carpet of, what was it? Or maybe that was Afghanistan, carpet of gold or carpet of that, gold. That was Afghanistan. But they but basically made this. No, it's bomb you back to the Saudis. Yeah. He, he, he said that they, Bush told him that, that Bush would bomb Pakistan back to the Stone Age if he didn't follow orders after 9-11. And they obviously said the same thing to the Saudi leaders, who had just said in August of 2001 that it was time for a parting of the ways. It was time for Saudi Arabia to leave the U.S. orbit because they couldn't handle being allied with the U.S. when the U.S. kept propping up the genocide in occupied Palestine. That's what the Saudi leadership said clearly and publicly in August of 2001. And then, boom, 9-11 happens with 15 of 19 hijackers being alleged hijackers. being Saudis, and suddenly uh, Saudi Arabia was back. A a bunch of the the independent-minded Saudi leaders all suddenly died, you know, died in the middle of the desert and things like that, and Saudi Arabia was reeled back into the uh, Zionist empire, just like Pakistan was. Yeah, no, I totally totally agree with you, Kevin, and uh, that's that's the reason for, that, that is the explanation, clearly, the real explanation for why the U.S. government never blamed Saudi Arabia for 9-11, even though 50 of the alleged hijackers, according to the FBI and the federal government to this day, the official lie, um, that's the reason that they've never done anything against Saudi Arabia, just the opposite, because it's a cop done to the head of Saudi Arabia to try to keep Saudi Arabia in line. Totally agree. Absolutely. Totally. It's funny how that works. I, I, you know, people also ask, well, why have, haven't the Russians spoken out about 9-11? And of course, RT, their, their TV network did quite a bit right up until maybe four or five years ago when suddenly, um, uh, Michelle Lesson, the founder of RT, was murdered in a Washington DC hotel room. And from that moment on, RT has rejected uh, 9-11 truth content, which they had been broadcasting quite a lot of before that. So I think they got a message there. But the question is, why doesn't Russia just blow the whistle on 9-11? And the answer, of course, is that they would be giving up that uh, that threat, that trump card, that gun to the head. You know, if, if Russia had, can always say, I, look, I if hate, we're... I hate using nuclear the word option. Trump, yeah. trump card. Could we, could we <laughs> use a different word? <laughs> okay, okay. Let's call it the nuclear option. That just like with, you know, it yes. gives them a nuclear, but short of actually firing their nukes at us, Russia could go all out uh, blasting the U.S. for doing 9-11 and showing their satellite photos proving it. So they're going to hang, hang on to those yes. cards if in case they ever need them. I, I agree with you. I mean, geopolitics is basically 
an interlocking network of extortion, um, of, of informational extortion, which is exactly what you're saying. And I totally agree with it. Um, so that's one of the, ma- that's probably the most important thing that just happened before your show with me today broke. So <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was interesting timing. timing. And also just hours before the show yeah. broke, uh, a news story appeared saying that Richard Gage is uh, having a parting of the ways, as it were, with architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. And he was supposed to be on the show tonight. But uh, late last That's night, nice. I got word from, I think, uh, Kelly David of Architects and Engineers that Richard couldn't make it. And then I, I emailed him, and, and yeah. he said there's inter- intention negotiations going on. Sorry, can't come on tonight. Maybe sometime in the next few days. Who knows? So we'll we'll wait and get updates on that later. Um, apparently, there's no right. specifics right. available. Um, yeah, just an update on that. You might not be aware of. I can pop it off to you while we're talking. Um, I just received, it certainly appears to be, it says Richard Gage resigned. That's an official action. Richard Gage resigned from architects and engineers. Uh, and then this appears, I'm clicking on it, it appears to be your, I don't know if this is a, an A&E announcement or what. Uh, no, it, it's somebody's program talking about it. So I don't know if there's been an official announcement by A&E yet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's says here on September 3rd, that's today, just eight days before the 20th anniversary of September 11th, terrorist attacks, Richard Gage, former president and CEO of the largest 9-11 truth group in the world, architects and engineers for 9-11 truth, has formally resigned his position. Gage has also turned down to speak at the September 11th global live stream by the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry. That's what we're going to talk about next because uh, I'm co-producing that program. And it says in this video, and this is somebody's uh, somebody's video, he talks about it. So, so, uh, I do not, I don't believe, I'm going to just click on here real quick, um, I don't believe I've yet gotten an official announcement from A&E, but, uh, you know, you'll have to look it up too. I don't believe I have, but this is correct, I believe. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing too. Yeah, I, I've, I've talking, heard some gossip about this, so I, but I, I don't really want to get into gossip. However, one thing no, I will no, say. No, we can't. Yeah, one, one thing I will say is that, um, I personally think that the horrific hatchet job that the Zionist traitors who dominate our mainstream media did against architects and engineers and against Spike Lee over Spike Lee's half-hour segment on the demolition of the World Trade Center that was part of his eight-hour documentary about 9-11, that then he was basically forced to withdraw that half-hour segment on the demolitions after this intense pressure from Zionist assets in our media, uh, and some from Israeli media as well, uh, that, that uh, to me, is an outrage that nobody should be blamed for uh, except for the <laughs> Zionist traitors who are doing the hatchet job. I mean, those people are covering up the mass murder of 3,000 Americans to hijack America's military for Israel, uh, and, of course, they don't want anyone to know that these buildings were demolished with explosives. And, you know, they did a vicious hatchet job on Spike Lee associating with with Richard and then saying nasty things about Richard, most of which were complete empty BS. Uh, And so I I assume that this had something to do with the issues at A&E, but I don't have any details. I'm going to have to wait and hear it from Richard or whoever else wants to come on and talk about it. Right. Well, I am completely uh, knowledgeable from the inside of that. 
from Richard, but I am not at liberty to talk about it. Hopefully he'll be able to, if he has resigned from A&E, if he has formally resigned, because the last I knew until today um, was that, and this was, you know, known, uh, was that uh, Richard was no longer going to be able to speak at our Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry event. And I can't go into any more details than that. But, be, but just by knowing that, um, Richard had to call and tell me because I'm doing the, the speaker order program tonight uh, for the final speaker order. And I'm going to tell you about the speakers here in a moment. Very exciting. Um, for our September 11th online event, um, Richard had to call me and tell me that he couldn't, uh, wouldn't be able to speak. And I had to say why. I had to ask why. And uh, he told me the gist of it, and he also told me that he wouldn't be able to speak at, as long as he was associated with A&E, uh, at any other, um, uh, at any other of the almost dozen uh, online radio programs, maybe video and audio programs, uh, and the, the major event that he was uh, widely advertised around the world that he was supposed to do on September 11th from noon to 2 p.m. East Coast Time uh, online live stream program with Foster Gamble, uh, who co-produced the amazing documentary called Thrive and Two, and uh, also David Ike, if you can believe it. And Richard Gage had to cancel that as well. He had to cancel all of those shows. Now, if he's truly resigned, maybe he's going to be back doing these shows. We shall see. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of feel for Richard having to be the public face of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, which focuses so exclusively on the controlled demolitions of the World Trade Center skyscrapers and isn't really supposed to go into these other areas. It must have been very hard for him not to. You know, it's uh, because, you know, that, as, as I, I know it's been hard for him not to because he told me so personally. It's been it's been excruciating for him not to be able to speak his mind. And, of course, he's completely knowledgeable and informed, as you and I are, about the whole gamut, not only of 9-11 truth, but pandemic truth and the whole thing. Uh, and he's been basically muzzled uh, by the organization's understandable mission statement and requirement uh, is code of conduct within the organization on the board and volunteers and staff. But they can't go beyond what's in their position, which is just about explosives and incendiaries at the three New York buildings, World Trade Centers 1, 2, and 7. I mean, it's basically been a muzzle. Yeah, and I can see why they did it that way. And I think Richard actually has overall done a really good job of uh, yeah. <laughs> of, of sticking with that uh, limited mission, uh, even though it's it's so difficult to do that. It'll be really interesting to get him on, assuming that he does resign and becomes freed of his obligation to only talk about what the board tells him to talk about and get him on this show and listen to his real views about everything. That'll be wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. I, yeah, let's hope that happens. Well, I mean, it's up to Richard. It's his decision. It's a major life decision for him. Um, he's... <laughs> The amazing thing is, from the point of view of every single individual in the 9-11 truth movement worldwide, and a good percentage of the public, depending upon, you know, in Germany back in 2005, some like 89% of the public knew that the official story was false, and a good percentage of those believed that the U.S. government had been involved, um, had what had, was involved with uh, the real the real perpetrators of 9-11. Um, and in this country, uh, at least a third of the public. So all of those millions of people around the world 
they, to them, Richard Gage is, or has been, we shall see, architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, which after the kind of standing back, or uh, if you will, of David Ray Griffin, who was the original dean of the 9-11 Truth Movement, um, I think he has 11 or 12 books on 9-11 now, and prodigious uh, public speeches, uh, the videos online. After he stepped back from that role, Richard took that role. And Richard is not only, Richard not only is A&E, or Hampton, we shall see, um, in the mind of the entire 9-11 Truth Movement and a good percentage of the world, maybe a third of the world. Um, but he's also the tip of the spear of the entire movement. And uh, I think that the, uh, whatever went on behind the scenes, you know, is just extremely unfortunate, but let us hope that the force, or if you want to call it Allah, I call it the force, or the Holy Spirit, you can call it whatever you want, it's real, it's in control, and we have to uh, just go with the flow and do the best that we can with with <laughs> what it deals, the hand that deals us. Right. It's always been kind of leaderless resistance uh, anyway. You know, I, I don't really know anybody who was ever just sort of, you know, taking marching orders from David Ray Griffin or uh, or Richard Gage or anybody else in this movement. The 9-11 Truth Movement, whatever you want to say about it, it is a group of people who tend to be very uh, free thinking and stubborn about their own views of things. And I don't agree with a lot of them about a lot of things. I'm sure if you and I went over a long list of topics, we would find some things to vociferously disagree about. But yeah, uh, exactly. Every, everybody's like hurting. It's like hurting cats. You can't yeah, organize it, yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, now, there is, a, there is a architects and engineers and the lawyers committee for 9-11 inquiry, of which I'm on the board and an officer. Um, those are the two major exceptions to what you just said. So um, we've talked about A&E, but I'm, you know, on the Lawyers Committee, so maybe we should go into our incredible event that we're going to be holding a uh, global live stream on September 11th. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's talk about that. And then I think there uh, there is one other and possibly two other, but there's also, the, of course, the 9-11 Truth Film Festival in at the Grand Lake Theater in Oakland, California on Thursday, September 9th, where I will be Exactly, speaking. of which you are the star, Kevin. <laughs> That's true. I actually got upgraded to the, the main attraction this year. Usually yes. I'm, I'm just sort of hanging out, selling books in the lobby and maybe speaking for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't do that. Uh, I got a, uh, I got a, an email or, or maybe something through the mail from Carol Boulay who's, you know, one of the major producers of those 9-11 film festivals for like the past 15, 17 years or something. I mean, they've been going on every year at the Grand Lake Theater in Oakland, California um, for, for, you know, at least a decade and a half. And I got an email or some communication. I also got a letter from her yesterday, a, a handwritten typed and signed letter, um, letting everybody know, not just me, um, that because of the mask re uh, mandate requirements, um, that there won't be uh, all of those wonderful, uh, you know, interactions by people at the 9-11 Film Festival this year because they're not, they're, they have to wear masks in the lobby, but they can take them off if they go to the auditorium. <laughs> right. So uh, trying to communicate with people behind masks in the lobby sounds uh, kind of unpleasant to me, but it should be a great event in any case. So I hope I'll see some of the listeners there. Right, so, right, so, right. Yeah, there's, so there's so that let me, one. Let me tell people, you're absolutely right. Um, why don't I go from my memory of the major events that people will be able to watch online? 
um, coming up, uh, beginning on the 9th, 10th, and 11th of September. So um, the one that you just mentioned, where you are the keynote speaker, Kevin, thank goodness, because you're great, um, that will be on Thursday, September 9th, and that will be from, uh, isn't it uh, 2 p.m. to 10 p.m., Kevin, uh, West Coast time? That sounds right. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, and uh, you can watch. Uh, people need to donate to watch that. Uh, and you need to, to watch it live. And if you do donate to get the quote, ticket unquote, you go to noliveradio.org. That's N-O-L-I-E-S-R-A-D-I-O.org. And it's obvious uh, what to click on to make a donation. They request a $20 donation, I believe. Uh, which makes sense, you know, $20 on the 20th anniversary, but you can donate any amount, and you not only get to watch it live, if you can, uh, all, what is it, eight hours, um, from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. West Coast time, so translate that into your time zone worldwide, but um, you also have access um, for at least seven days, maybe 10 days afterwards, to watch it uh, at your leisure. Um, So that's the first major event, very exciting. It's always a wonderful event with great films, and you, Kevin, will be the keynote speaker. So that's number one. So that's on Thursday, September 9th, from 2 to 10 uh, p.m. West Coast time, Pacific time. All right. The next event um, that I learned about from Richard Gage, and I'm assuming here people need to go to the Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth website, ae911truth.org to double check, but my understanding as of this call, this program that we're having right now, is that on, as I recall, the 10th, um, which is Friday the 10th? Yeah, you're talking about the uh, the premiere of Dylan Avery's new film, Unspeakable. As opposed to, uh, you know, a first cut or something like that. They're calling it a preview of A&E's Brand new documentary, which Dylan, for which Dylan Avery of Loose Change, um, his Loose Change has been seen by multiple tens of millions of people, of course. Dylan Avery is the director, and A&E, um, Ted Walter, and Kelly David have been working with Dylan uh, prodigiously for months and months to get this thing done. Um, and I will tell you that you really need to watch that preview. Um, I believe it should be, I asked Richard and he said that it should be around 7 p.m. And I said, well, is that West Coast time or East Coast time? And he said, ooh, I don't know. It's probably specific time, but go to the A&E website to find out. The reason you want to watch this um, is that this preview, it's, I believe the film is going to be about an hour and 20 minutes. The world preview on if I understand, double-check it on their website, the Friday the 10th of September in the evening, West Coast time. My understanding is, is that the reason it's just a preview and not the final, which, as I understand, last time I talked to Richard Gage, the final was going to be aired on or, on or around the 17th of September. And the reason for the delay to airing the final is that there is a genuine, huge breakthrough for 9-11 Truth that will be revealed to the world in that film. I can't tell you about it. I'm torn to secrecy. But believe me, it's huge. It is huge. You, you can't okay. even reveal it here on and my radio show, Barbara? 
I, I, I wish I could. No, I keep my word. <laughs> okay. No, well, I guess we'll have to watch, watch it. Because <laughs> you won't believe, you won't believe your ears. I don't know exactly when the documentary is coming. Um, but, um, the, another reason for the delay to the, to the final, uh, cut by about, what is it, uh, six days. Um, and they're just, they're doing the preview on via the A&E website. Last I heard on Friday the 10th in the evening, uh, is that, uh, Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell and his family in the UK um, have filed just recently, as I know you know, um, they filed just recently at the end of August, I believe it was, um, uh, it was August 26th, if I recall. They finally filed almost a 3,000-page petition to the equivalent of Bill Barr in London, um, the Attorney General for the, for the UK in London. And uh, calling upon uh, the Attorney General to determine, based upon the evidence and witness testimonies and exhibits uh, in the petition, uh, to reopen the official coroner's inquest uh, into the true cause of death of Matt Campbell's brother, Joff Campbell, and his entire family and Joff Campbell's fiance who I believe still lives in New York City and has never married because she loves him so much, um, that was filed, I believe it was August 26th. And Dylan Avery was recording, videotaping Matt Campbell and his family delivering that incredible petition by a VIP attorney uh, in London uh, who wins his cases, by the way, big cases against the UK. Uh, excellent, Barbara. I'm, I'm sorry, I seem to have lost you for a second. To the U.S. to the uh, Attorney General of the U.S. in time uh, to make the film, but it is so. The final is going to be shown uh, on the A&E website on or around September 17th, but again. Everybody needs to go to that website to find out the details. So the A&E website, ae911truth.org. So that's the next big event that I'm aware of. Um, the, um, the next big event, which was supposed to happen, but as many of your listeners, I'm sure know, you've probably covered it on previous programs, um, there was supposed to be a final approximately 30-minute segment of Spike Lee's fourth documentary, on New York City, um, the fourth one was supposed to air by HBO and then HBO Max on September 11th in the evening, probably starting around, you know, probably starting around 7, whatever. It is going to air, but now it's not going to have the segments for which Richard Gage, and believe it or not, something like a dozen additional architects and engineers, which Richard and A&E were asked to recommend to Spike Lee. The entire thing has now been cut, and we uh, it's not going to be in the final documentary. So we know about that, and it probably is intimately related to what's happening at A&E with Richard Gage, but he's going to have to speak to those details himself. So that's not going to happen, but it was going to. And the other big event, uh, an important event, um, is happening 
with the difference in time uh, time zone between East Coast and London area, UK, um, and Germany. Uh, so it's five hours, right? Five hours later to the UK and six hours later to Germany from the East Coast. Pierce Robinson, um, who is the a professor uh, and an expert on propaganda and war, um, he founded the um, Propaganda and the 9-11 War on Terror Working Group that I'm a member of. If you aren't seven, you should be. You can sign up. Um, and they are holding a five-hour webinar. Uh, and I will let you know the link for that, Kevin, to put up on the website also for this show. Great. Um, the, the text in the, in the webpage for this show. And they're holding that in the five hours. You have to do the math for the time zone. Leading up to the very beginning, um, their, their, their webinar ends, five-hour webinar ends, one half hour before our Lawyers Committee event, live stream event, begins at 1 p.m. Eastern on September 11th. And that was orchestrated. That timing was orchestrated. So if anybody's really hardcore, they can, let's see, eight, ours is eight hours, theirs is You can watch, you can watch 9-11 Truth for 13 straight hours. <laughs> Wow. On 9-11. Well, well anybody who yes, loves watching yes. these 9-11 Truth uh, events and live streams is in for a treat this week, I guess, uh, if you're that masochistic. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, but seriously, it should, should be yeah, great. So, is, you have to be a kind of 9-11, uh, 9-11 masochist, right, uh, uh, to, to, to want to wanna watch all 13 hours. But I'm, both events, by the way, uh, are being recorded, and they will be viewable probably immediately after uh, the event. I, I understand, for instance, that our Lawyers Committee event is being um, simultaneously recorded on the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiries YouTube channel. So if you, uh, if, the, the one way to see it for sure live is you have to go to the Lawyers Committee website, lcfor911.org, and it's obvious, it's right at the top, you'll see the the poster, which I've sent to you, Kevin, and hopefully you can put that on the webpage for this show. Um, the poster is there. The name of our uh, event, the Lawyers Committee event, is from 911-Anthrax. The, the dash is really important. We're linking 9-11 and Anthrax directly. And by the way, that's through my own work that I did on your show. Uh, about ever since 2008, we did our first show. Uh, on the Amtrak links to the day of 9-11 itself. So the title of the Lawyers Committee Global Live Stream event is From 9-11-Amtrak to the Pandemic, colon, Life and Liberty in the Balance. And I'm going to tell you about that event now um, because it's the one that I'm intimately involved with uh, producing right now as I'm speaking to you. Uh, when I get off this call, I have to finish the entire speaker order with the start time for all of our speakers and get it to our president and executive director to get it out to our speakers. Okay. So um, it's time to go into our event in detail. Sounds good. Okay. All right. So we hope everybody in the world, of course, watches all of these events uh, and and, uh, documentaries. But uh, the one that I'm personally involved with and will be speaking at, uh, along with an amazing uh, cast of, of participants and speakers um, will be Saturday, September 11th, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 attacks from 1 to 9 p.m. Eastern. 
again, for tickets, to donate for access, uh, not only to be live streamed, but to watch it, the recording of it, the archived recording of it, uh, for at least uh, seven days, if not ten, afterwards. Um, after which, by the way, it will be made uh, free to the public, but you don't want to wait. Okay, so um, it begins, as I said, at 1 p.m. Eastern. And our master of ceremonies is Dave Meiswinkle, David Meiswinkle, uh, who is an attorney, um, criminal defense attorney, retired uh, New Jersey police officer, and he's the president and executive director of our Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry. He is the master of ceremonies um, by unanimous vote of our board of directors of the Lawyers Committee. Um, I'm going to now read you the speakers list of very, very short one-line bio for each of them and their and the topic of their presentation. These are not in the order in which they will appear, which I am personally finishing right after this call. <laughs> okay, so um, we are opening uh, with a tribute to Ed Asner, who has been on our board for years and unfortunately died just recently. It shocked all of us, and we love him so much. Anyone who knew him loved him. An incredible activist for uh, human equality, human dignity, civil rights, human rights, uh, and 9-11 truth. You know, Barbara, so, I, I loved him um, for his courage. I didn't know him personally, but I uh, kind of ha had to love him for doing that uh, PSA he did for us at No Lies Radio, a very hardcore 9-11 Truth PSA that no other celebrity would be ever likely to read. He, he read it beautifully. I mean, he, he was uh, fearless. Yeah. And, and none of the mainstream coverage of his death even mentions any of this. Uh, there was one, I believe the New York Times, I read it was either the Washington Post or the New York Times, in one clause mentioned his 9-11 Truth activism. Um, but it was basically censored out of everything. Okay, so the tribute, we will have an opening tribute to Ed Asner, and we will be uh, making a an amazingly historic announcement about him that I want, you know, you have to watch to to get it, um, but it's, going, it's very moving, uh, caused me to weep uh, when I, when the board voted unanimously to do it the other day, and we're also going to be awarding him the first annual Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry, um, some of the, I think the word is something like, uh, um, uh, you know, um, Best Activist Award or something like that. And we will be awarding that to Ed Asner posthumously. So we're opening the event with that. And now in not necessarily, in fact not, in the order in which they appear, these will be our speakers. And it goes for eight straight hours. Kevin Ryan. Um, who everybody knows from the 9-11 Truth Movement, scientist, author, um, blew the whistle on, um, on the, uh, uh, on the steel, you know, uh, in the World Trade Center that it could not possibly have melted at the temperatures the official story says. Um, and his topic will be focusing on the night, the real, I'm adding the word real, focusing on 9-11 suspects. So we expect him to be summarizing his book and an update of his book called Another 19. Okay. And we're having Graham McQueen. Graham is, of course, a Canadian university professor, retired, an author, an anthrax of the book, um, the anthrax, the 9-11 anthrax deception. The, the, two, the 2001, anthrax. 2001 anthrax deception. 
Yes, the 2001 Anthrax Deception. Thank you. That's the title of the book on 9-11. And his title of his presentation is, and it's not on Anthrax because there are many other speakers on Anthrax, including myself, on the links of Anthrax to 9-11 itself. But Graham's talk is going to be on uh, the World Trade Center's palace, in fact. And it's called Before the Tale, meaning the false tale, of structural failure, that is by the official story, what journalists actually witnessed and said on mainstream television on 9-11. And there will be a five-minute compilation of clips from actual mainstream television anchors and reporters. It'll blow your mind. I mean, they told the truth as it was happening. Okay. Uh, Then, of course, we're going to have Nick Harrison, who is the litigation director of the uh, Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry. And his title is Lawyers Committee Legal Actions and Future uh, Possibilities. He's going to be talking about both. And he will be the second speaker. The first speaker will be uh, Dave Meiswinkle, MC. We are going to have Dr. Francis Boyle, professor, and Dr. Francis Boyle, who is an attorney. Um, in Chicago, uh, professor of international law and the drafter, the actual drafter of the text of the codifying implementing U.S. legislation that codified the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989 that has been violated by the U.S. government uh, ever since the end of the Cold War. And his title is How to Indict Individuals and Organizations for COVID-19 pandemic overreach. That should be very interesting. Uh, Meryl Mass, Dr. Meryl Mass, MD. Um, She is an internal medicine physician and activist uh, with particular expertise in both anthrax and bioterrorism and has treated actual patients who have the disease that comes from anthrax. The title of her presentation will be The Road from 9-11 and the Anthrax Letters to world takeover. That should be a big one. Yeah, she's Uh, great. I've had had her on the show several times. Oh, yeah, she's great. I think all of our speakers are great, frankly. Actually, Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. I I didn't mean to Mm -hmm. slight Graham McQueen, whose work is is incredibly important. (laughs) No, no. No, we can't slight any of these people. It's an amazing lineup. Um, And they're all very excited to be speaking with each other, which is a a kind of breakthrough, really, for the movement. Um, We're having... uh, Bill Jacoby, William Jacoby, attorney, who is on the Lawyers Committee Board of Directors with me and the others. Um, we now have a board of six members and soon to be seven, but I can't announce who the seventh will be as of September 15th. But we've got a major addition to our board um, in place of Ed Asner coming up on September 15th. Um, so uh, Bill Jacoby, uh, attorney, um, retired, uh, retired coordinator of National Grassroots organizations and a board member of the Lawyers Committee. Um, the title of his, he's also the national chairman uh, of the 9-11 uh, Truth Action Project, TAP, 9-11 TAP. And the title of his presentation is Resistance at the Grassroots Level. And that's resistance to, of course, the official lies of both uh, 9-11 and according to a number of our speakers, though maybe not all, we'll see, um, also the pandemic official story. Then, as a major breakthrough, um, Fred Whitehurst. Now, many people may have heard of Fred Whitehurst. Uh, Many haven't. Um, He's retired from the FBI, 
where he, in the FBI laboratory for decades, as I understand it, he was the top explosive expert and expert and chemist. And he's a whistleblower who sued the FBI and uh, won his case in a major, uh, major decision by the court. Then there's Cynthia McKinney. Uh, the title of her presentation is My Fight Inside and Outside Congress for 9-11 Truth and Pandemic Truth. She is, of course, the, the very courageous and world-famous former six-time congresswoman from Georgia and an amazing 9-11 Truth activist and author. Um, yeah, she, so she's the best presidential she be candidate I ever voted for. <laughs> exactly. What was what was the party she was running with? Was she was with party? the Green Party, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. And then there's myself, a former White House and Justice Department official, researcher and author, and board member and officer of the Lawyers Committee for Nine Eleven Inquiry, um, as well as a Nine Eleven Truth activist, documentarian, etc. The presentation, my presentation, is titled Seven Days in September." The anthrax links to the day of 9-11 itself. And I've been on your program for years, ever since 2008 on this, Kevin. Um, then we have um, a real breakthrough. Dr. Reiner Fielmisch will be a speaker live from Germany. Um, the title of his presentation is The Corona Plandemic, that's P-L-A-N, Plandemic, and the International Legal Approach uh, to Bringing the Real liars and perpetrators of that to justice um, in, in, um, under both, uh, I believe he's, he may be a dual German U.S. citizen. He has a ranch in Northern California. I don't know if he's a U.S. citizen, but uh, he's, he's taking the international approach and uh, perhaps also through U.S. Uh, law. I don't know. We will find out. And he's an internationally known trial attorney, promotes civil liberties, and uh, is investigating in depth the pandemic um, with the, I believe it's called the Citizens Commission uh, uh, on the on COVID-19 in Germany and across Europe and globally. And we're having James Corbett um, of the Corbett Report, the famous Corbett Report on 9-11 and anything else that matters in the world. And the title of his presentation is 9-11, 20 years later, lessons learned, question mark. That should be interesting. Um, then we're having Christopher Goya, who is the former fire commissioner in Nassau County, New York, who is a firebrand truth teller about 9-11. And uh, he will be uh, a speaker in our in our program. We're very excited about that. We're also having Whitney Webb, uh, which many of your speakers, I, I don't know if you've had her on the show. I hope so, if you haven't. Um, her, her presentation is uh, a bridge presentation between the Two main parts of our of our uh, event, uh, and I'll talk about that general structure here in a minute, and the way the flow of the event will go, which I'm working on the speaker's order, uh, literally after the end of this show, finishing it. And uh, her title is "Parallels of 2001 Anthrax and COVID-19," of which she has done some amazing series of articles for. The Last American Vagabond that everybody should go to, lastamericanvagabond.com or .org and read them all. Um, but she is an investigative um, journalist, writer, researcher. And uh, so we're excited to have her on the program. I believe she's now back in Chile. So she'll be doing the show, uh, I believe, via phone from Chile. 
Uh, we're also having Bob McElvain uh, will be on. Oh, great. And, yeah, you know, um, he's coming up uh, in just a few minutes on this show. Yeah, yeah, he can talk about it. So he's agreed to be on the program, and um, he needs to – we just learned this uh, today. I just got a call from Dave Meissner, our Voters Committee President and Executive Director, let me know he just talked to to, uh, um, to, um, to Bob, to Bob McElvain, and that Bob is going to be doing it, I understand, via his smartphone. And then very exciting, we are also going to have RFK Jr. I'll end with that bombshell. Oh, fantastic. Um, RFK is fancy. Well, we're going to have his just today approved video. Okay? Um, because he's, he's uh, frantically working under a deadline to complete his blockbuster book, which will come out shortly called The Real Fauci, as in, you know, who Fauci. Uh, he's working on that in seclusion in Hawaii, and Meryl Nass, who's one of our speakers, is our liaison with him, uh, and got him the video that we proposed to show, in which um, I, I had my videographer put together that as a shortened, um, as a clip, a long clip, about a 25-minute clip, taken out of a fantastic presentation at RFK Jr., Robert F. Kennedy Jr. did. In June, I think it was June 21st, down in Southern California, um, to uh, to a group of chiropractors and physicians, alternative physicians, um, who know the truth about COVID-19 and the coronavirus. Now, quick, quick and, question: Has, has um, RFK so, Jr. ever spoken out about 9/11? I know he has spoken about uh, out about the assassinations yes, of his father and brother. Her uncle. Yes, yeah. that's that's exactly why I proposed to the Lawyers Committee Board just two days ago that we include that we ask RFK Jr. to approve this clip because this clip that I've had my videographer put together, 25 minutes, that will now be played in the event, um, the latest city event on, on September 11th. Uh, he does not only go into his uncle, JFK, his father, RFK, why they were killed, um, who killed them, and then he goes into seamlessly uh, into the links between that and the World Trade Center 1993 attack, which I didn't know, but and it's going to be in his book, he says, um, the, the real Fauci. It'll and, and we'll have, have about 20 seconds Nazi left. Barbara. So, that, yeah, that. okay. Uh, anyway, R.T. Jr., yes, in the segment, that will be shown on video at our Lawyers Committee event on September 11th. RFK does link all of this to not only 9-11, but the World Trade Center attack in 1993 and the pandemic, the whole thing. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to see that. Sounds like a, a real uh, amazing lineup of events. And, and this uh, list you just gave me for the Lawyers Committee event is amazing. Well, I've got most of those links up already at the radio blog. You can get to get to the blog by truthjihad.com. Click on the radio schedule link. And I'll put up a couple new ones if you send them to me, Barbara. I don't think I got quite all of them. And so you can always check and make sure I got everything. Well, thank you so right. much, Barbara Honiger. Always yes. great checking in with you. Keep up the great work and God bless. Look forward to touching base with you again really soon. May the force be with us. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. That's Barbara Honecker back in the next hour with Bob McElvain, Joe Krakenfels, and Ray McGinnis, author of Unanswered Questions, What the September 11th Families Asked and the 9-11 Commission Ignored. Stick with <laughs>